Hello everyone, go on. And joining us today for our Detroit Lions episode, we have Neil and Butler from Rain Sabor joining us. How are we doing today, fellas? Good, fuck, good guys. Doing Thanks all right. Thanks for having us. Yep. No problem at all. Glad you can join us. Uh, so what we'll do, guys, we'll let you uh, lead off a little bit, explain all your socials and the page and uh, everything going. So I'll let you uh, have the floor on that one. Go ahead, Neil. Oh, you're the color guy. I figured you were going to do it. No. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, short story is uh, several years back, we all met kind of out here in the Seattle area and realized that unfortunately we were all Lions fans and decided that we sat around talking about it anyways. So we might as well start recording it. Uh, Rain City Roar was born, did the uh, actual podcast stuff for a few years, uh, joined up with Detroit Sports Nation, did some live videos on there after games for a few years uh, at Rain City Roar. If you want to follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Awesome stuff. Love that story. Like I say, if you're going to talk about it, you might as well share it out with everyone. So, all good stuff. So, we'll get right into it then, guys. So, um, now, going into the recap for the year, obviously, not entirely, you know, we'll, we'll try to get through it a little bit. Obviously, it's not what, uh, you know, a lot of Detroit, I don't know what a lot of Detroit fans are expecting this, uh, obviously, this season just gone. Oh, but... you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Well, short enough, you know. I think you've always got high hopes, don't you? Every, yeah, every fan yeah. base wants to win, expects to win. Like. Yeah. Well, either way, I mean, obviously, it, you know, not fairing off well. I mean, I think ranked, so I think it was like 27th total in offense and then dead, dead last in defense. If that doesn't sort of put into perspective for anyone that's listening, it wasn't a good year for Detroit. Um, I mean, I think the main thing that sticks out to me, you know, with the, with the games that I did watch uh, for Detroit when I got a chance to watch them, um, you know, that there's not there's not a lot of guys that stand out to me, you know, in terms of the, the roster in general. There is a lot of holes, and there's to me there's not a massive oozing pool of talent, unfortunately. I mean, how I'll let you guys go. How did you feel? How do you feel about that? Do you think I'm right in the saying that, or do you think there's there's sort of a bit more going on there? No, you nailed it. I mean, there's there's I mean Stafford stands out, but we know all that turned out. I mean. It's typical for us. We have a ton of talent, but nobody really steps up to the plate and and does the whole the whole package. So, no, it didn't didn't surprise me any. I know Neil wasn't really surprised either the way we talked all year. No, and and touching on that, it was uh, you're you're right on the money. Uh, it was horrendous, uh, especially for the first chunk of the season while we still had Matt Patricia's head coach. Uh, the team was it was anemic. Uh, they weren't able to really do anything on offense. They, uh, their defense. I think we all know how that finished up with uh, just dead last. One of the one of the worst defenses ever fielded in NFL history. Uh, it was 32 points a game, 420 yards that they gave up. I think that when we hired Matt Patricia, we were looking forward to the the bend don't break style defense that they had in New England. But uh, they did a ton of bending and a ton of breaking. And it just wasn't something where it wasn't something where we were ever able to stay in games. I mean, uh, you look at teams in the in the conference, in the division even, and they were giving up ten less points a game than we were. I know that there were a lot of people that uh, in the Lions fan base that always looked at things and say, "Quarter uh, Stafford's not any good because he hasn't ever won anything for us." Okay, point. But Stafford's also not out there giving up thirty-two points a game. 
And if you're expecting your offense to be able to go out there and put up 33 a game in order to win, uh, you have some major deficiencies on, on the field. Uh, the, the defense was a glaring problem last year. Uh, it was a situation over the past several years, actually, where we had uh, them trying to fit people into a scheme rather than scheme around the people. And I mean, at the end of the day, we do have NFL caliber players on the team, but when you're trying to force a fish to climb a tree and trying to force a monkey to swim, why not just let that fish swim and let the monkey climb? That's what they're good at. Right. And we, we did not do that at all. So it was, it was a major disappointment. Uh, we're used to well, it. To, yeah. To go back to, yeah, we're used to it. To go back to what you said about nobody really stood out when I looked at the stats, cause I'm not usually a stats guy. That's Neil's job. But I, I looked at the stats and I, I saw the number one tackler was Jamie Collins. And the first thing I said was, who's Jamie Collins? Because, I mean, I mean, yeah, another guy from New England that came over. Yeah, that's the one thing we got out of Patricia was some guys came over from New England. But, but to go back to your point, yeah, nobody really stood out. And the guys that did stand out, you know, you, you never really – you didn't stood hear their name the called in the game. Yeah, and yeah. You, you didn't hear their name called in the game. I mean, Oriwe, how's he say that guy's name? That was the guy that stood out to me all year. You know, Oriwe. I mean, we're, we're Atlanta Falcons fans, and I see a lot of similarities between our sides. You know, we, we gave up a lot of points last year, secondary horrific. Um, and we've got Matt Ryan, who a lot of people who are sort of slagging him off when he's he's still a top 10 quarterback. He's just, right. you know, he's got to chase 40 points, just like Matt Stafford did last week, last year, you know. I think there is improvements to be made there. I think your secondary was the main weakness. Is that fair to say of that defence? I would go with linebackers, uh, but uh, we can group the we can group the linebackers into the secondary. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, even when we had Slay, our secondary. I mean, when we had Slay and, and Diggs. Well, you know, but I mean, when we had that team four years ago, what we had five years ago, I think, was the year that we were leading the league up until the fifteenth week of the season. Right? Was that the first year we did the podcast, Neil? Oh, you're you're way back. 15, you're way 2015. Back. You're, you're talking. I don't know. I lost. I lost yours. Man, it's 2021 <laughs> now, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but, but 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 I guess what my point is is you're you know Slay. Even when we had Slay, our secondary was never anything spectacular. It, it's always been fix one thing, fix the line, fix the defense. Now it's fix the quarterback. It's it's never just throw a little bit at everything. Little bit of everything at everything. Holding number 55, 10 yard penalty. Yeah. yeah, I think that's I mean, fair to say. I think that's fair to say as a group. Like like you said, there's no point picking parts of the team. Like if you're going to do something, right. like especially building a roster, you know, especially with, the, you know, like you say, throughout the years, Detroit have had, it's been the same sort of scenario a lot of the time, like you say, and, and, and with the talent, like you've just pointed out, that hasn't stood out. It's, you know, it's a lot bigger than what it is. And hopefully um, the new head coach, Dan Campbell, will be able to, you know, try and at least... Get, at least give him time to, you know, to at least try and build something out of this roster, um, which will lead, lead on to you, but, um, Keg. So go into um, going yeah, into so I, contracts. I mean, looking at your cap situation next year, you're currently sort of nine million in the red. I mean, there's a lot of teams struggling next year with the cap dropping. Well, probably going to drop. I mean, there's not an awful lot here that I believe you can sort of cut. I mean, Desmond Trufant, probably a potential cap casualty there. And we talked about maybe Justin Coleman as well, a bit of savings, but I mean, any, anyone else there you sort of see as a cuttable option this year? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that you, you can look at Jesse James, who really hasn't done anything since he was brought to the team. I think that would save about $2 million. You got Nick Williams, who would save about 4 or $5 million. Uh, Danny Shelton, one that really hurts to kind of think about actually as a cap ca- or as a yeah, as a cap casualty would be Joe Dahl, uh, who's a guy that's been with the team for several years and uh, has been a really good backup kind of role player on the on the offensive line. It, in terms of keeping any of the of the free agents that we got going, um, I don't think that we can I don't think that we can squeeze enough blood out of the stone to keep Galladay. Uh, I don't think that we'll be able to retain Okwara. Uh, it's we're in, we're in a little bit of a tough spot. And something that I do kind of want to touch on is that part of the reason that we're not in a in a tougher spot is, granted, we don't like Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, uh, but Bob Quinn did save. Uh, 13 million dollars to yeah. roll into this year and that's the big chunk of what we got going into this the rest of the money is yeah. going to have to come from either restructures or or cap casualties yeah i mean it, i mean just looking at restructuring i mean you've probably got trey flowers you can restructure. i mean jared goff contracts for me i wouldn't restructure if i mean personally i wouldn't want to make him so you can't cut him in two years time if he flops you know i mean obviously it's a big talking point the trade this year i think if you do restructure his contract which you could do it just means that you can't cut him next year. You can't cut him the year after, probably. I mean, what's, what's your thoughts on, on golf? I mean, are you excited about the trade? Are you excited to have him in? Uh, no, you go first. I want to double advocate. Well, you got to remember, too, I, I think we're a little more personal. Um, I am, I know. I, I, Neil's, he's a little more uh, surgical, but I'm more personal. I'm not a huge golf fan. I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt us any. If you look at the stats he put up last year compared to Stafford's, he's younger. Um, we got a couple of great, uh, round picks for him. Um, I, I, I'm not high on golf, but I'm not upset about it. It's there could have been worse. And, and believe me, we're known for worse. So, um, but you're right. I don't think if we can restructure it because I don't think he's the long-term solution. I think he's a, a patch. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you just push too much guaranteed money, you know, into the next couple of years, really. And restructure it. I mean, he's the, the main earner in his team. I mean, that could be your biggest source of money, but I'm not, I'm not a fan of golf anyway, but no, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's not, he's not Stafford. Um, I don't no. think anybody's going to argue that fact. I think that as long as per, well, performance wise, uh, if we talk about, if we talk about golf versus Stafford, I mean, Stafford brings the big arm, big time completion type stuff. And hopefully he wins some stuff in, in LA, but um, you know, golf is one of those people where, you keep him throwing the ball within 20 yards, and he's gonna he's gonna win you some games. Um, is is he gonna have that big wow factor? No, uh, but he he can go out there and he can manage. He you know, he proved that he was tough, and he's gone played with the just freshly surgically repaired uh, thumb here in the playoffs and, and beat the uh, beat the Seahawks. Uh, you know, kudos to him for that. Stafford played banged up his whole career, so we're used to having. Uh, it's nice to see that we have a quarterback that is capable of playing when injured because that does happen. Um, but in terms of the salary cap, I, I kind of hope that they, I kind of hope that they stick with golf for a little bit. Um, I think that we've seen enough in the history of the league where you, yeah, having an elite quarterback helps, but if you have a strong team and an okay quarterback, uh, that's the type of, that's the type of stuff that wins, uh, wins playoff games, makes a run. Uh, every year for for championships so i think if they were able to restructure him and make it so it was something where it was a little bit more cap friendly especially going into this year where they could go after 
some defensive free agents and then focus their focus their draft on on offensive skills players. I think that's the way to go, uh, especially when you're looking at somebody like Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes that are coming in for. Uh, I think they got Dan Campbell on a six year contract. So, I mean, we're in this for the long haul. This isn't a win it now thing, and I don't think that we're super super deep into a complete entire rebuild type situation because there are some good core players on, on the offense at this point, you know, it's, it's really going to be a toss up. I think that's fair. And as well, you've got to remember as well, like I say that, the, you know, the NFC North, it is a tough division, you know, Green Bay are always a contender. Um, you know, the Vikings when you know, when they're not too capped by injuries, you know, they're always solid and, uh, you know, and, and as much as, I do. I don't know how they squeaked in last year. I don't. You know, Chicago aren't aren't to be sniffed at. You know, there's tough teams in your division as well. You know, so you've got to remember where you play and the teams you play every year. And yeah, pointing that out, like you said, with the fact that you are in this for the long haul. I mean, I I like golf more than the keg does. He's pointed this out on a lot of episodes of us. He's not a massive fan, but <laughs> I like that. Like you said, you point the, the main point that like you pointed out there, Neil, is the fact that. He is a good game manager. The only thing that concerns me about him being a game manager is the fact that you got to remember that that Rams defense, like right. it was outstanding when he was there. Got him to a Super Bowl, you know, like that that team has been outstanding really since he's been there. That defense has always been like top notch. It's been good. So that's the only thing that concerns me because obviously, you know, this defense is not the Rams defense. You know, if if Goff's got a chase that bracket that Stafford was always chasing between at least 30 points a game, it could cause some issues and that, you know, and you're sort of back to where you were even with Stafford at the helm and, and Stafford is a better quarterback. I don't care what anyone says. He is a better, better quarterback than Derrick. And if he's on, and if he's on the field all the time, because the defense is, you know, mm. yeah, if he's on the yeah. field all the time, I, we'll see what happens, but I don't, Stafford was an iron man. I mean, you can't deny that you can watch every game he's ever played and, he always stepped up that year where they came back nine times or whatever and, and won the game. Uh, he's always been an Iron Man. I don't know if Goff's got that type of stamina. No, I think that's fair to point out massively. I think, um, yeah, Jim, I think you touched upon um, if you had to bring like guys in from free agency. I mean, let's just say you free up some cap issues and you get some sort of budget. Like, you know, getting a couple guys on like a vet minimum, like, you know, because the whole thing of this, like you said, you, you're you going to want to have at least some pieces to, to really at least give some veteranship to the team. You know, the fact that, you know, you are going to lose, you know, quite, like you said, quite a few players in, you know, from leaving the team in, in the expiring contract. I mean, is there anyone that, you know, I'm talking like this veteran type thing, you know, someone can get on a cheap vet minimum deal or, or, a, or a cheap deal. Does anyone sort of stand out to you that you that you've sort of looked at in free agency? Obviously, it is early because obviously we don't know who's getting resigned or anything yet. But is there anyone that sticks out to you guys? Um, I think that I think there's a good compelling uh, case for a few for a few safeties. Uh, you got uh, Jenkins from the Chargers who would be a good candidate for it. And obviously, we still don't know who's all going to be available after this cap casualty situation kind of shakes out across the league. But I think that. They should look at probably some people that can put some pressure on the quarterback, uh, your edge or your uh, your outside linebacker type guys that can play standing up at the uh, at the end of the line. There's there's a few of them out there. There was the uh, I can't remember his name, but there's one fellow that that's I think it's uh, at it's a it's a longer name. It's like at a, at a show or something like that from uh, from Denver. Uh, he's he's a guy that could come in and kind of 
provide some help oh, um, in that space. The Tauchi. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, thank Jeremiah you. Tauchi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, yeah, so a like little, little bit yeah. of backstory, a little bit of backstory. We're kind of terrible with names out here because we have to watch all the we have to watch all the games at the bar and there's no audio. So um... fair enough. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. And sometimes it's not it's not it's harder to read on the back of the shirt when it's not being said either. Like, there's right. Long names in the league. Like, I'll, I'll give you that. I can see where you're coming from. And then uh... we, have, we have nicknames for everybody, too. So yeah. it was, you know, Fatty <laughs> Matty Patty, um, you know. <laughs> Staffy. I mean, we have, we just, we just, we make everything easy. Yeah. I think it's hard as well. If, where you haven't really got the money to go after the top three agents this year, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be players that just sort of play in the background for rosters that aren't really, you know, talked about that you're going to be able to go after this year. So I think it's hard to sort of pinpoint, you know, any specific. I mean, what's your, what's your greatest needs this year? Like you say, the edge. I mean, anything on offense? I know you're losing a lot of sort of receivers this year. You've got sort of Amendola. Uh, Sanu that you're probably not going to re-sign, in my opinion. I mean, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay are most yeah. likely not coming back just because they're going to be after the bigger money. Yeah, I think that's quite a difficult one. And and to be fair, as much as there's some nice receivers in the draft, um, I've seen a lot of mock drafts of you drive, um, pending who drops around at seven uh, in the draft. Like you know, they look to like Devontae Smith, who's obviously a good receiver. I don't think Chase will fall down. I mean. How would you like to address the receiver position? Because obviously, the one thing that we said, the defense was bad. But Jared Goff, other than TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, has got to have someone else to, to at least throw to. You know, so, well, I mean, is there anyone that you, you that, that sort of stands out or what you think that they could go for receiver-wise? For me, I can't, I can't really I, – I until I know what kind of offense they're going to run and what their new coordinator is going to do and what the coach is going to do, I'd say it's hard. Like, you know, earlier Neil said um, – Jesse James, and I mean, he stands out for money wise. But you know, when he did get the ball and he did, he does block. Um, he might be somebody if they're going to run the two tight ends. We want to keep, you know. So I can't really say anything on receivers. Neil has a better. Uh, he knows, especially the young kids coming up out of college, um, which is I think where we need to look. I don't know if we need to be looking at free agents. Well, you had you had Hunter Bryant who spent the majority of the year on IR. Uh, he was kind of the gem of the undrafted free agent class that ended up picking up the tight end spot. I think that productivity wise is he's a much better option to keep that tight end over, over Jesse James. But if we are sitting there at number seven and nobody wants to trade, I think you're looking at a situation where uh, if Micah Parsons is on the board, you take him uh, zero questions yeah. asked. You take Micah Parsons. Yeah. And I mean, then, we've, sorry. We've just, we've just done our mock drafts and we both, uh, gave you Mika Parsons, you know, he, oh. he dropped at our draft, mock drafts, and that's exactly where we went, you know. I think he'd be a great pickup for you. I, Absolutely. I, he's, he's one of my best favourite players, like, watching on tape, like, in this in this class. Like, he is 100% the top five talent. So if he drops to seven, which is fairly reasonable at the moment with, with needs of other teams just above you, he could fall to seven. And I think that's not the worst option at all you know obviously that linebacker is a spot as well i mean obviously jared davis didn't work out as a first round pick but obviously if you've got someone like mika parsons there like that's not like i said not the worst shell like at all i mean you had a decent trade scenario didn't you cake didn't you with uh because it's yeah, be a mean, nice situation the way the way i looked at it i mean you mentioned trade there neil as well sort of bring it up i mean the way i look at it is if justin fields is still on the board at seven i think someone's going to want to come up and get in front of carolina if they don't pick up sean watson you know, I think there's a massive chance there you could you could get another first round the next year. I mean, if you're sitting there next year with three first round picks, you're in quite a strong position next year to 
sort of complete this rebuild. I mean, it's trading down saying, like you say, you probably do only if Mika Pearson is off the board sort of thing. Is that your uh, way you sort of look at trading down? Yeah, as long as it's not more than four, five, six spots, because once you get past that 12 range, uh, then you're probably looking at not having a shot at any of the top three, four receiver guys. I know that you got uh, you know, Chase, uh, Devonta Smith, and then uh, Jalen Waddle, who would all be hypothetically good additions to the team. And I mean, obviously they, they do, they do need assistance at, at the receiver spot. Um, really at number seven, Parsons is the only candidate that I would be kind of over the moon about taking. Uh, other than that, I feel that they got to go after somebody on the offensive side of things, because as you guys touched on uh, Sanu, Marvin Jones, uh, Amendola, Galladay, there's a good chance that none of those guys are on the team this year. And then we're looking at a situation where the only person that actually played in the game that uh, that's still under contract and on the roster is uh, Quintez Cephas, who was, uh, I think, a sixth-round pick, who played yeah. well. But yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Played good. he played good. He, was nice. he was nice in the um, in stages, like literally, like I say, when you, yeah. whenever no one was healthy. He actually was nice in a nice spot. But ideally, I don't think you'll want him as a number one guy. Like, you no. know, he's a nice piece, but you like you said, and I think if someone like like Jalen Waddle or Smith or even Ch- whoever, because I think it's all a rotation, obviously, with the Waddle got injured. You know, he got injured last year, he didn't play, but they're like guys that are like a number one guy. Like, they, they could be nice. So it's not the worst case scenario. And, and I think you've got options there. I think some teams have got a little bit more stuck in the draft. I feel we're a bit more stuck in the draft at number four for Atlanta than you guys. So I feel like it's not the worst spot to be in, especially going into it right now. Depending on what other teams do, um, but yeah, like I say, you, you've definitely got like two first round picks next year to try, try and get gain some, you know, recoup some talent, you know. So I assume you're um, you're both completely against drafting a rookie QB, which is something I've seen written about. It's not, in my opinion, I wouldn't do it because I think you've got to give Goff a chance. I mean, what's your thoughts on any of these well, rookies? Real, that real quick, let me let me touch on the the receivers because I think that yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. you know, just to put a bow on that because the receivers Stafford had a relationship with Jones and Amendola and, and they develop those type of rhythms and throw catch with golf coming in. It's a brand new uh, field. So Cephas, any of those guys, um, you know, you're talking about taking the first round possibility of, of developing that. And I hate the word rebuild, but that's what it is. I mean, it's going to take a year or two and sure we could get lucky and make it in the playoffs and, and, and make a run. But you know, as lions fans, we know that's not going to happen, but uh, <clears throat> you know, so I'm looking more at the defense. I want, I want us to draft defense. And I'll be honest, and I don't think Neil's against either. I'm not against drafting a QB. I'm not either. What do you think, Neil? Okay. I'm not either. I think that if um, I'm just I'm just trying to think of looking at this draft as filling holes, and a, the QB isn't the biggest hole that we currently have. Uh, I think if you have an opportunity to take, I, I I doubt Wilson makes it past the second pick, but if for some chance he's my favorite quarterback of the draft if, if he can end up wearing Honolulu blue this year I'd be I'd be pretty darn happy about that and would be you know banging on the windshield on my way home screaming pick him pick him pick him but uh I'd love yeah, to no, see not, I'm not 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 against drafting them just long as it's the right one I'd love to see the war room though because that'd be so interesting like say like someone like like you said if he I doubt he does but someone like Wilson drops or even Justin Fields you know and mm-hmm. as much as people are so I think 50 50 on Justin Fields like if he's there and then you've got the phone ringing and then you've got like Dan Campbell and everyone else and everyone thinking you're like, 
like shit like what do we do <laughs> like because you could drive back you could pick the best guy there you, you you could have some uh what's the word a plethora of options you know like in a in a good situation of like oh, okay like we can actually do something quite interesting like there, there's options on the table which is something i think is always good to have you know especially especially come draft time anyway like you know it could be a good thing like that well, Neil nailed the draft last year, so just ask him because he knows that's going to fall. Last couple of years, you've nailed that it. I awesome, see that on your, uh, <laughs> I saw that on your pinned tweet. Yeah. <laughs> that was like that's impressive. I'm been trying to be modest here, guys, but yeah, I did all right. Um, no, I think that, and, and something, this, that this year, this year just in general with everything going on with the salary cap and all the, uh, the limited interactions that people are going to have with players and everything still kind of leading up to free agency and then the draft. I think that you might see some kind of out of character things across the league where maybe the lion's phone is ringing off the hook because somebody slid. And then you find yourself in a situation where, you know what, instead of having to sort this all out in 10 minutes, let's pick the guy, let's pick the guy with the most value and then, and then flip them after the draft. Um, yeah. I think that this actually might be one of in, in terms of free agency, normally the, the first round of free agency before the draft is normally the biggest one where the big names kind of go off the board. Um, with everybody kind of being hamstrung, aside from a few teams with a lot of money, uh, everybody's going to be pretty tight with their wallets. And I don't think that the first phase of free agency this year is going to be as explosive as what we've normally seen. And then we'll go to the draft. Everybody will kind of sit there and see what they've got going on. Uh, then you'll have the, the second wave of of cuts and everything like that before before uh, the training camp start uh, training camp stuff starts and i think that once you have the the free agent market kind of flooded after the draft this time because everybody is being kind of penny wise i think that you'll be able to get some good players on it at a, at a at a decent discount so i would expect to see that actually the second round of free agency this year be much bigger uh, than than the first wave yeah i mean that's a, a really good point i think we we trying to cover every single team in these off-season things. And a lot of teams are sort of like in a position where they can only really afford to add one sort of major player. Do you know what I mean? So they look, they probably are looking to see what they can do in the draft, see if they can cover their needs in the draft before they go and spend that money in free agency. I think that will be the case this year. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, I mean it, it, you, you know, you sort of look at what they have, everything with, we've touched upon, I think obviously it, certain position i mean the main group in my in sorry in the free agency is wide receiver i mean there's so many names like you know that, that are good players but like you said because you know teams are going to be penny penny pinching as such you know in terms of what they're going to do you are going to get guys that albeit maybe let's call it maybe the year before obviously before the pandemic and everything else that went on would have probably got like at least you know top position position money that a lot of players aren't going to get that you know, especially guys in the wide receiver market and, the, and and other markets too. Like, there's going to be some guys that you're going to get the odd maybe two or three guys, maybe a little bit more, that will get paid like decent money. And then it will sort of thin itself out where you've got guys that could could have had that, that won't, like you say. Because I think a lot of teams are really going to be tight, tight on their wallets this year, which, you know, it makes complete sense in that regard. Sort of just touching upon before we go into our way, way, way too early predictions, which would be quite interesting. But... The one other guy that sort of pointed out to me, it was interesting. I've seen it in some mock drafts, and I'm not, I'm not too sure. That's why I'd like to ask your opinions on it. Um, I've seen at seven Caleb Fairley. Now I think that's quite high for him, even though he is really the, the best graded corner in the draft. 
Would you like to see someone like either him or even someone like Patrick Sertain at seven, or are you just completely sold? Unless it's Mika Parsons, don't pick any other defensive player at seven. Me personally, and I, I'm dying to hear Butler's take on this one, but um, I, I don't think that you reach for a, a, anybody in the secondary at, at seven. I don't think so. I mean, we, no. we just we, we just got the we just got a CUDA last year at number two yeah. or three wherever we picked that I think it was three, and then like like Butler said we do have uh, Oruarie who's playing pretty well he was kind of a little bright spot, um, and then we've got we've got the safeties young guys that as long as they are allowed to play their style of football I think I think we've got a decent little core of of in our secondary right now I don't think that that's necessary to reach for that. Yeah, I what don't do you see think, Butler. You want everybody? <laughs> no, I don't see it. I, I don't. Yeah, I want everybody. But no, I don't see any. I want big players. If you're going to draft them early, I want somebody big. You know, and I want I want a big name. And again, I don't I don't follow the college, so I'm out of my I'm out of my depth there. But um, you know, I'd love I'd love to have a defensive player, but it's got to make sense. So no, that's fair enough. I just thought I'd say because I saw it in a couple of mocks. I'm a bit like. Even I feel like that's a bit of a reach like there. And that it, there's been, obviously, it depends what happened. You know, I think, that personally, for me, there's just going to be a lot of trades within that top right. 10. Yeah, I really do. I think there's going to be a lot of people's you know, phones going off the hook. If something, like you say, it just takes that one player to slide. And you could just see the top 10 doing this, top 10, 12 doing that. That's how I see it. But, you know, well, I wouldn't even be surprised if we traded away the seventh round if we don't get who we want. Because, again, how many first rounds we got next year? You know, if, if you can play this, the team we have and we're dealt this year, we know what we're building towards next year. And that makes more sense. I, I would even go as far as to say that I almost hope that they trade back because uh, we've only got, I think, six picks going into this year. And yeah. uh, especially being in a situation where we are really strapped for money, uh, that's a good way to save money is, is have more picks. I mean, granted, you're going to be yeah. leaning on the young guys real early, but Give him a shot. You know, you throw him in. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. I mean, a top a top ten picks a lot more expensive than you know when you start dropping down as well. I mean, we're sitting up at four, and I'm desperate for, to trade down. You know, we need to save as much money as we can, and you know, I don't want to be picking a quarterback like a lot of people are saying at four. So, anyway, that's a different you know that's a different story. You, I mean, you say you're, you're, a, you're, a Falcon, <laughs> you're a Falcons guy, right? Yeah, yeah we both are. Yeah. So, man, I tell you what, it's not fun. Those, those <laughs> have been some of the best games. Uh, over the past five, six, seven years. I mean, it's, it's gone both ways. It's gone both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, this year, just, you know, I love Todd Gurley till that play. Like, that just enthralled me, like, what happened last year when he tried to stop and he didn't stop. And I'm just like, oh, God. Welcome to our world. Welcome to our world. That's how it feels like to be a Lions fan. I have never seen it. <laughs> That's a good no, game, this is... This is what it feels like to be a Lions fan. All of us at the table, collectively, yeah. there was there was a dozen of us stood up screaming touchdown for the other team. That's how it feels yeah. to be a Lions fan. And we were sit, we were in the other, you know, sitting in England going, no, what are you doing? Don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's a crazy world sometimes, guys. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll go towards, to cap this off, it's been great talking to you guys, but we're going to cap it off as much as... um. Like we've talked about, we've expressed this to everyone we've spoken to. It is so early, you know. We're, it's just because we're on a bit of a time scale. We want to get this done before the draft to see, you know, how it all plays out and, and everything like that. But depending what happens in the draft and what happens a little bit whatever happens to free agency, for you guys personally, in a realistic expectation, what do you see the record being for your Detroit Lions next year? What what can you, if everything sort of goes what you want it to be, what can you realistically expect? 
for Dan Campbell's first season. <laughs> uh, no, are we doing? Is there seventeen games this year or sixteen? Um, I don't think it's been announced yet. I mean, we've we got. Totally I heard there was going to be seventeen. Yeah, we're going to go off sixteen. I don't think it's officially confirmed yet, but okay. I think it could lean towards. What, what do we yet. want, or what will we be happy with, or what are we? Well, predicting? Let's just let's just keep it simple. <laughs> you, just, you, just say, you just say what percentage of games you think we're going to win. Yeah. I'll be I'll be happy with fifty. Um, I mean. I won't, no, I won't be happy with 50. I'll take 50. But yeah. I my expectations are been beat down over 30 some years and I, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. You know. But I yeah, I'd like I'd like to see us do better than this year. Way better than this year. I'd like us to do better than anything that Fatty Matty Patty did with us. So um, you know, uh yeah. If we're going 16 game season, I'm happy with 8 and 8. I I'd, yeah. I'd like I'd like more, but I'm not going to Neil's Neil's the positive one. I, I am okay. Curveball. Um, I think that I think that we'll be lucky to see a five and eleven season. Um, oh, but wow. I do, but I do think that we will be in much more competitive games this year because you'll see. Uh, you know, kudos to the, the organization for putting together the coaching staff that they did. First off, um, I think that you're going to have a lot of guys out there playing and having fun. Well, they're all players. They're all players. Yeah. They played the game, and that's important. Yeah. That's you remember that they're, yeah, exactly. So as long as, as long as they're able to go out there and have fun, and, um, you know, obviously I think, I think that'll help them be a little bit more competitive. So I, like, I'll, I'll say 5-11, and 11, but I would, I would hope that maybe they squeak out a few more. Uh, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be a couple years before we can start making playoff yeah. uh, chance again, but it'll, it'll – Hopefully, it's just a more competitive team. Yeah, that's, that's I think you're, you're in a tough division as well, which which never helps. And I mean, I I personally can't stay in golf, so I've got you you know low. I've got you sort of like three or four wins, but you know that's probably me being harsh. Obviously, you know the lines a lot better than I do anyway. So, well, our division, and that's the thing, our division is tough. No matter if if there's good players or bad players, there's always good players. You got Rogers, but I mean, even you know the the Bears and the vikings and, and, and the packers those are always tough games they're always can go either way so you're right it is a tough division um well, so we always kind of we always give that 50 50 in our division there's, you know there's also those rumors getting floated that uh, we might have to contend with russell wilson down in chicago yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring him on i think i think you're you're to blame though but your trade really i mean every, yeah, yeah, every yeah. team's looking to trade their quarterback <laughs> after that seattle's never getting rid of russell wilson nah, nah, I, it's not you know it's not like detroit where i thought they'll never they'll never get rid of staffy i kind of saw this coming you guys we live in seattle i lived in seattle i grew up in seattle there's no way that seattle will let russell, russell wilson go no way it's not happening i'm calling it right here yeah, call it. On Midge and the Keg. Butler says it's not happening. It first. I think it's just crazy because I looked at it and I was thinking, if Se if Seattle are that dumb, like, you know, I've seen some dumb decisions recently. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got you got teams like us that can't, we don't even, I mean, a lot of the players didn't know what the onside kick rule was against Dallas, you know, and like, you know, Stephen A. Smith called us out, we're the dumbest team in the modern era. I'm like, if Seattle trade Russell Wilson, they take that title because I just, I just, it just blow my mind of like how you can do that. Never um, underestimate the power of stupid in Seattle. Yeah. Never. 
Hey, Atlanta loves hey, wearing that club. crown. That's, we don't your that. that's my, my quote. That's your Butler's quote. <laughs> Sorry, you guys aren't used to us. We we make uh, Seattle fans enemies immediately. So yeah, it's it's uh, not not going to be good. Bring them on. Like why not? There you go. <laughs> awesome guys, Neil Butler. Thank you very very much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast having you on today. Um, thank you guys. Yeah, and um, wish you luck for the rest of the season. Hope you see get get a little bit more out of it. But yeah, really appreciate you coming on, guys. Wish you guys luck too. Go Thank fun. you very Hawkins. much. Yep. <laughs> no, appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome stuff. No problem at all, guys. Like I say, we've got another lot of episodes coming up soon. And like I say, guys, I'll tag uh, everything with uh, Neil uh, with Paige. So get, check them guys out. Check everything they've got. It's great. Uh, but now, guys, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe. Take care and catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you.